0: Just our well, I know that may be an odd way to sh- start off Radio Parallax, but I just got off an airplane from Buenos Aires, Argentina, so I thought I would um, go to Evita with that fine bit of music from Andrew Lloyd Webber to start off the program. Um, I want to tell you about South America. I want to tell you about my trip down to Brazil, Uruguay, and Argentina, but I don't even know where to begin. One thing I do want to do is thank Steve Valentino, who uh, stood in for me the last two weeks while I was on vacation and played our pre-recorded programs. Uh, they were not reruns, they were pre-recorded, and uh, I want to thank Steve um, for doing that. Those most interesting interviews we conducted with Michael Bana, the documentary filmmaker for the National Geographic Society and others. And also, of course, we had a little talk with Mike Thornton up at KVMR, uh, one of our um, uh, not affiliates, not associated stations, but I think a station that we uh, look forward to working more closely with in the future here at KDVS. So um, look for that. Well, I guess the big news story today is that uh, Miguel Estrada has withdrawn his um, effort to become uh, uh, a judge on the second highest court in the land. I guess that's the, the, the district court in Washington, D.C. And uh, conservatives are kind of bent out of shape about this Um, they are portraying Miguel Estrada as uh, Tom Sullivan was talking uh, referring to him today on the Rush Limbaugh program as just boy the greatest guy and this is just a great guy and these Democrats these senators these Democrats are going to pay a penalty for this because everybody loves this guy well if everybody loves this guy he'd be a judge Why was I listening to Rush Limbaugh, you might ask? Well, it was just, you know, an accident. I turned on the radio and that happened to be on. Actually, I heard Tom Sullivan's uh, dull monotone droning on and thought, gee, that's odd that he's on at 11 in the morning. Well, he was sitting in for Mr. Limbaugh, who I guess is now going to become some sort of football commentator. Just what the nation needs. Well, I will say that uh, that Tom Sullivan did as good a job as Rush Limbaugh does on his own program. Although, uh, you know... Is there a more boring human being out there than Tom Sullivan? I don't know. Not in my opinion. Let's take a brief detour and a bit of humor to really get this show rolling before I try and attempt to tell you about my little trip south of the equator. Some dispatches from the Tenth Circle coming out of the Onion calendar. Four of my I thought of note were from uh, August. <laughs> Least qualified U.S. daycares from Bristol, Pennsylvania, Arthur Treacher's Fish and Daycare. From Bedford, Indiana, Crawl Space for Kids. From Irwin, Tennessee, Pappy and Betty Lou's Common Law Kid Care Cabin (laughs) has got to be a least qualified U.S. daycare, but um, I would say probably topping the list has to be Livingston, Montana's. Vista View Daycare on a Jutting Precipice. Articles under the Only in America category from The Week magazine. When Jack Whitaker of West Virginia won a record $315 million Powerball jackpot on Christmas Day, he pledged 10% to the Church of God as a form of thanks. I found that the more you give, the more you get, he said at the time. In these six months since, apparently, Police say Whitaker has also been donating huge amounts of cash to casinos and strip clubs. On a recent night of gambling and drinking, Whitaker wound up at the Pink Pony Strip Club, leaving a suitcase stuffed with $545,000 in cash and cashier's checks in his SUV. When he emerged at 5 a.m., the vehicle's window was smashed and the cash had been stolen. I make no excuses for my actions, Whitaker said. My personal life is my own. Well, our hats off to you, Mr. Jack Whittaker of West Virginia, for doing it your way. And apparently, South Dakota's governor was surprised to learn that he had declared August 7th, G. Gordon Liddy Day. A citizen suggested that the state honor the Watergate conspirator, and the governor's office apparently rubber-stamped the proclamation. (laughs) Quote, Because of the short turnaround time required, I did not have an opportunity to review the proposed proclamation, unquote, said Governor Mike Rounds. Rounds rescinded the decree after law enforcement groups reminded him that in 1994, Liddy urged his radio audience to shoot federal agents in the head. (laughs) All right, let us uh, let's let's try and ease our way into South America here by turning to my Lonely Planet volume Argentina, Uruguay and Paraguay. Now, those of you who have traveled the world are no doubt familiar with the Lonely Planet series of books. They were um, originally put out by Um, An Australian fellow, Tony Wheeler, I think about 25 years ago started these books about how to be the backpacker-style traveler, go to places like Southeast Asia, and survive, give you a a lot of tips as to where to find things to eat, where you could stay, etc. There's been an explosive growth in this series of books. There's one, I think, on just about every spot on the globe. They really go out of their way to cover the cultures that you're going to find yourself immersed in and give you a lot of um, background data. One caught my eye here was a series of Argentine jokes. They point out in the book that Argentines are some of the proudest folks in South America and they often get made fun of on account of that. So if you want to make fun of an Argentine, it's pretty easy and don't feel too bad about it, the book points out, because they make fun of themselves at the same time. And here are some classic Argentine jokes. We should point out the debate goes on as to whether it's an Argentine or an Argentine. I guess we'll go with Argentine. Uh, Okay, how do you you recognize an Argentine spy? Well, from the sign on his back that says, I'm the greatest spy in the world. A psychologist calls a colleague at 2 a.m. It's an emergency, he says. At 2 in the morning? This better be good, says the colleague. I have a unique client, goes the first psychologist. It's an inferiority complex. An inferiority complex? They're a dime a dozen, shouts the colleague. The first psychologist responds, yeah, but in an Argentine? All right, a man meets an Argentine on the street, asks him for a light. The Argentine starts patting his pants, chest, seat pockets. Sorry, he says, I can't find my lighter. But man, do I have a good body. Well, i got to tell you, Argentina is remarkably like the United States in many respects. It's a nation of immigrants. Um, it's not well known in America that most, or actually I wouldn't say most, but more immigrants from Italy moved to Argentina than originally came from Spain. So there's quite an Italian influence, even the type of Spanish that you hear down in Argentina. There's also quite a number of people that came from uh, places like South Africa. Wales, apparently, apparently the Welsh language can be found in certain areas of Argentina. A lot of immigrants more recently came from the Middle East. Carlos Menem, the uh, president in the 1980s, was actually of Syrian extraction. it been noted in The Lonely Planet, if you do some reading, that uh, there were, in addition to the Italians, uh, the Spanish, a lot of Basques, a lot of people from England, a lot of Ukrainians and immigrants from uh, the Balkan nations of um, Europe. Argentina is uh, also famous for having quite a few people from uh, the German Republic uh, move to the area after 1945. And speaking of Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, you know, I, I got to say, Argentina, if you know, know your history at all, has been a nation that has suffered, suffered greatly from poor political leadership. Uh, we start off the show with uh, Evita, the famous story of uh, you know, who many of the poor regard as the saint of recent Argentine history. She was the wife of the dictator Juan Perón. Uh, in the 1970s, there was a, a dirty war conducted by a uh, corrupt bunch of right-wing generals who basically made 30,000 people who were of the left-wing or perceived to be of the left-wing just plain disappear. I got to tell you, it was pretty weird being in Cordoba, Argentina, the second largest city in Argentina, realizing that some some pitched battles were fought between leftists and the military government back in the 70s. Argentina, under the leadership of President Nestor Kirchner, has decided that uh, they're going to lift the Dirty War Amnesty, which had been in place among perhaps a 1,000 members of the uh, current and former military um, members who were implicated in what happened back in the 1970s in the Dirty War. Uh, We're going to follow that story. We're going to actually talk at some length about Argentina in a future show. I don't really want to get into that subject today. But but I just want to remind you that Argentina is a nation that has known some very bad governance. And yet, I found myself being asked by the cab drivers, what is going on in California with Arnold Schwarzenegger? So here's a nation that really knows about being governed poorly, looking at California and laughing. The cab driver said to me, Schwarzenegger, what in Spanish, what a joker, what a comic. And I had to say, well, yeah, the whole thing is quite, uh, quite terrible, what's going on. But, um, you know, as a person, as a candidate, Schwarzenegger's not that bad. But the, uh, we'll get back to that on a future show as well, rest assured. But uh, it's the people that are behind Arnold that, uh, that worry me, frankly. Well, apparently in Argentina, they still think the Malvinas Islands, the Falkland Islands, as they're better known to the rest of the world, belong to Argentina. Well, it's very ironic that when the military, the same corrupt military that was making people disappear, that was basically, you know, suspending all civil rights in the country, attempted a real military objective that's when things really went south for them. They invaded the Falkland Islands. Uh, Maggie Thatcher decided this was not going to stand, send in the military. There was an actual war, real honest to God, shooting war in the southern hemisphere between Argentina and the United Kingdom over these uh, uh, sparsely populated islands off the coast of Argentina. The U.S. supported Maggie Thatcher and uh, as a result of this political humiliation, the dictatorship was pretty much uh, broken and civilian rule was restored. So, it's a very strange thing, but in, in the Plaza San Martin, there's an, um, a commemoration of the lives that were lost in this stupid and pointless war for the Malvinas. But in the end, I, I think that you know, this loss of life uh, brought about welcome changes. So, I, you know, I guess it is a fitting commemoration in an odd sort of way. Now I gotta tell you, I found myself down in Brazil and Uruguay and Argentina because I followed my own advice that I gave you on this program a month ago that if you have an opportunity to go south, because of this extraordinary occurrence of Mars and the Earth coming so close at the end of August, you should get as far south as you can. Well, I think I carried things perhaps a bit too far. And I want to tell you about my search for the planet Mars, for observing of the planet Mars under incredible conditions, which were much better in the Southern Hemisphere. But I'm going to put that off to our third segment today and instead tell you about something that came up rather unexpectedly uh, in Rio de Janeiro, which I think is probably the most beautiful city in the world. It's got beaches like uh, Miami. It's got granite domes like Yosemite. It's got green hillsides like Hawaii. And it's got good food, a relaxed pace. It's a pretty cool place. If you get a chance to go there, I highly recommend it. Now, as I I speak to you about Rio de Janeiro, and my my heart is sort of uh, just aching to to return at some point, I'm looking down at pictures, and of course, this is radio. I can't show you any of this, but they were advertising for uh, hang glider flights to take place over the city of Rio de Janeiro. So um, I went and did it. I've always wanted to do some hang gliding, Never had the opportunity, and what better place than the beautiful tropical paradise of Rio de Janeiro? So I called up a guy named Hilton. He had just like, yeah, like a guy named, actually his name was Day Hilton. And Day Hilton runs a little uh, school down in Rio that uh, will take you up on a tandem with a, a rather brief amount of uh, lesson on what you need to do. What you need to do, basically, is help the guy run off the cliff. <laughs> they strap you up, he shows you, okay, there's the cliff, there's the platform, we're gonna run off of that. <laughs> Which does give you pause, because even though I'm, I'm a, I do have a pilot's license, I know how to fly an airplane, there's something about standing at the edge of a cliff, looking down, and realizing this is completely optional. I don't have to throw myself off this cliff. And let's face it, if I don't, my odds of living to a ripe old age are somewhat better. So, Day Hilton took. Uh, Yours truly, and a couple, of, uh, a couple of gals from New Jersey who had met the night before. And they said, yeah, we want to do it. At least one of them did. One sister, wanted, there were two sisters, one of them wanted to do it. So the two of us went up there, strapped ourselves up, and they said, okay, there's the cliff. Here's the can glider. I want you to just, we're going to, okay, I slap you in the leg. We both run off the cliff. Okay. So we did. Now, I expected it to be a bit of a roller coaster kind of a, a sensation as you took off. You know, at the top of the roller coaster, shoom, you go to the bottom, you hit 70 miles an hour, whatever it is. Well, there was nothing of the sort. It was a very gentle takeoff. The wind filled in underneath our wings, and we didn't make any sort of radical drop. We just went off the cliff and started flying like birds. Now, I, I was very curious as to how noisy it would be. I've been in a glider before, and there's a lot of noise coming off the wing of a conventional glider. And I found that it was quite a bit quieter on this tandem hang glider. Now, uh, what they'll do here is, you know, reach out and snap some pictures of yourself while you were uh, spinning about, uh, taking some long, curving um, circles over the the green hills. And uh, these pictures, uh, again, I wish this was TV. I wish I could show these to you. Uh, But I'm looking pretty happy because it was a pretty joyous experience. We will be posting some of these photos on our website, which I remind you is radioparallax.com. And, of course, you can always write us at our website, courtesy of info at radioparallax.com, and I hope you will. The thing I was really curious about is how we were going to land the thing. and Because, um, you know, when you land an airplane, you come in going, you know, 60 miles an hour. Well, you, you don't really come in that fast in a hang glider. Well, at least you shouldn't come in that fast on a hang glider. So we came down and we're skimming above the beach at just, you know, a foot or two off the sand. And all of a sudden, the guy like sticks the nose up. We go into a stall, plopped right down on the sand like we just, you know, jumped a foot off of a curb. I'm not sure that I'm uh, able to really, uh, you know, translate the experience through, through your radio. But, uh, but uh, the pictures may do a better job. So look for that on our website radioparallax.com Let's take a short break here and talk to our good friend and media correspondent Gary Chu in our second segment. I'm your host the slightly jet-lagged Douglas Everett. This is Radio Parallax and you're listening to KDVS 90.3 FM Hello Buenos Aires Get this Just look at me, Just up somewhere to go We'll put on the show Take me in, it's your flood Give me speed, give me light. Me up with your night. watch, me calling. All I want is a whole lot of excess. Tell the singer, this is where I'm playing. Stand back where that is. Because you ought to know what you're gonna get in me. Just a little touch of star quality.